Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come to your presence. We thank you that, Lord, you have loved us with an everlasting love. And so we thank you that you are our shepherd and that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And so, Father, we also thank you that we can come to your sanctuary where we may find solace, where you will speak peace to our hearts. And so, Father, please use this moment to speak to our hearts and to help us to go a little longer on this Christian pilgrim. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Divine interruptions. I don't know about you, but have you ever been interrupted before? Have you been interrupted when you are driving somewhere and all of a sudden somebody cuts in front of you? And here you are, a Seventh-day Adventist in regular standing. And I'm sure that all of you, you just tell them, may the Lord bless you as you go on your way. Is that a blessing you give them? Oh, on a serious note, you know, when you are in a place where you think that you seem, things seem to be going so well, then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. <clears throat> it changes the trajectory of the family. It changes the makeup of the family. It changes everything about you and about the whole life that you are living. Or sometimes you may be at your workplace and you think everything is going so well. And then all of a sudden, you are called by your boss and said, well, this is the end of the road. We are going in a different direction. Oh, have you been in a place where you are so fit and healthy and everything is going on so well and all of a sudden, you are hit with this disease that changes you forever? Divine interruptions. It was that big theologian, German theologian, who said something interesting. He says, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. God will be, God will be constantly crossing our paths and canceling our plans by sending us people with, people with claims and petitions. God consistently use those interrupted moments of life, not only to use us as a means of grace in the lives of others, but to also shape us, change us, and sometimes maybe perhaps knock us off our high horse. And so if you don't get anything today, remember this. Divine interruptions are opportunities for us to embrace God's plans for our lives. Divine interruptions are opportunities for us to embrace God's plans for our lives. And I thank you so much, the young man who read the scripture. Thank you so much that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that we may proclaim the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But here we are, 
people who have been called, people who are supposed to give a testimony of who God is, people who are supposed to be a holy nation, a people who have true royal blood. Now, all of a sudden, even God's children, even the faithful ones, get interrupted by God. When we want things to be done in a certain way, they don't go the way they should. So our successes or our failures rest entirely on where Jesus stands in the picture. If you are a holy nation, royal priesthood, then whether you fail or whether you succeed, it depends on where Jesus is in the picture of your life. It's, it's, it here is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord told us in, in John 15. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you, he that abide in me and I him the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit. For without me you can do what? Nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. But oftentimes we think that we have it all together. Oftentimes we feel like, you know, God, thank you so much. You brought me this far. You got me to this point. You know, I can take it from here. Give me the steering wheels and I know I will drive it myself. Only for us to crush. And then we say, oops, God, you know, what should I do again? What didn't I do? What, where was I supposed to go again? And so God sometimes allows us to do things that will bring <laughs> difficulty. Or he allows us to experience certain things that will help us to understand that he is God all by himself. All of us face this problem of a lifetime. Philippians, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, we often fail because we do not trust God. Whatever it is that comes our way, we just have to trust Him. Understand that He knows where He's taking us. And even sometimes it's of our own making. You sit and you're supposed to study. Maybe the young people here, you know, you know, you, you, you don't have that experience and you should not have that experience. You should be going back to school, get yourself together, organize yourself and study. Here you are when you have not done your homework. You expect God to wave a magic wand and then pass your test or pass your grade. It doesn't work like that. And sometimes we want to run ahead of God as well. God, you know, you are here, but let me go. You know, I, I know that I want this man or I want this woman. And then we do all kinds of things to get them. Said the Lord, you see a man, you see a woman, you say, Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I see what I want. And you go and you only to realize that this woman or this man that you thought was everything is not what they are cracked up to be. That between the two ears, it may be nothing. And so, there was an, there's an example of someone who was interrupted. And I want to share that with you in a few points. And then we can go. Luke chapter 5. Take your Bibles please with me and let's go to Luke chapter 5. There was a man who 
was on a mission. A man whose life was his business. And his business was his life. He lived a life that was pleasing to him. He knows that, you know, all everything, everybody respected him in his community. And he was a big man. Until this particular day happened. So it was. Luke chapter 5. You know this story so well. So I'm not going to bore you with all the details. But we will pick up a few things. Maybe three points and then we will go. Uh, so as it was, the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. That he stood by the lake Gennesaret. And saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them. And were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats. Which was Simon's. And asked him. To put out a little from the land. And sat down. And taught the multitude from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking. He said to Simon. Lunch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And so here he was. Here a carpenter turned preacher. Going into a territory of someone who is a veteran fisherman. Peter knew the nuances of Lake Gennesaret. Peter knew and he had been to the lake many times. And oftentimes things will happen and he won't catch any fish and he will come home and that was all right. His life was going as usual. Everything was okay. In fact, the night before, as scripture tells us, that he had toiled all night. Him and his friends went out to sea. And when they went out to sea, they did all they could. All their skills. Knew where the fish were, but the fish seemed to be running away from them. And here they were. At the night, in the morning, they were just washing their nets. If you know anything about fishermen, they prepare the nets and they make sure that it's a little dry out and then it's clean for the next day. And so here he was doing things that he does all the time. The mundane things, this was his work. This is what he did. Then all of a sudden this carpenter turned preacher came to this particular place and many people wanted to hear the word of God. They wanted to hear. They wanted to know and they wanted to hear. They were hungry for the word of God and so they went. And when they went and there is something about what Jesus was doing here and I don't want us to focus much on that. And Jesus now seeing the multitude coming needed something to project his voice. There was no microphone there then. And so Jesus now, knowing and he is the creator of the universe. He is the creator of sound. He knows how the physics and all the electronical things work. And so Jesus went into this particular boat. And don't forget that Jesus knows who you are. 
He knows where you are sitting. He knows what your needs are. And he knows where you are. And he will come to you when you need him. And so Jesus was there. And he chose a particular boat. Simon's. And when he chose his boat, he said, just launch a little into the deep. Because he had to give him the respect. The boats were out. And so he said, well, I'm sure he must have, whose boat is this? So the Simon said, okay, sir, do you mind going a little further into the lake? And when they went further, Jesus now had a platform to speak. In fact, what they said, uh, those who know about sound, was that now when he spoke from the lake, the words will now project better. I don't know the physics and nuances of it, but they said that is what was happening. And so here he was. Simon allowed Jesus into his boat. Oftentimes, God comes in diverse ways. Do you need me? I am available. But most of the time, we don't even allow him into the boats of our lives. But Peter did something, one that was wonderful. He allowed Jesus into the boat. Uh, because he allowed Jesus into the boat, Jesus was able to discharge the duty that he had to discharge. Speak to the people. Sometimes God will use you as a vehicle to reach many. But Peter and Jesus now being in the boat... It became a place of intimacy. It became a place where Peter and Jesus are now cool, as the young people will say. He is in his boat. He is sitting beside him. He allowed him to come into the boat. And so should we. And when we, when Jesus is in the vessel, as the song says, we can smile at the storm. And so there they were. Jesus now instructed Peter, well, lunge a little into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Number one lesson that I want us to learn. Number one, divine interruptions <clears throat> it's an indication or it's an invitation into a deeper walk or a relationship with Christ. Divine interruption is an invitation to a deeper walk, a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Peter may have had, some may have heard about Jesus. He may have heard about a carpenter turned preacher. But when Jesus interrupted his daily activity, now he had to set up. But the first thing Peter had to allow him into the boat. And when he came into the boat, that interruption was an invitation into a deeper relationship. And so there they were. Jesus now. A place where, you know, he was to be instructed. So it became a place of instruction where Jesus taught the people as well. But the most important thing I would like you to take from here is that divine interruptions 
is an invitation into a deeper walk. Number two, before then, um, A.W. Tozer said, God is looking for people whom he can do the impossible. I like that. God is looking for people with whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we only plan the things that we can do ourselves. I think that's an important statement. We only plan things that we can do ourselves. God is looking for people that he can do the impossible. When others think that you cannot do it, that's when God can show up and say, listen, I can do, you can do all things, not by yourself, but through Christ who strengthens you. Your strength is found in Jesus Christ. It's found only in Jesus Christ. And so, number one, divine interruptions is an invitation into a deeper walk. God does not want us to walk on shallow grounds. Number two, so here they were. Jesus tell, uh, was telling Peter now, tell him now, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And then Peter said to him, Master, Master, and you know that if you have studied the life of Peter, Peter was not one who hold back. I don't know any of you who have been around fishermen. But some fishermen, uh, they are very boisterous, and those who are who are like the the, the life of the of the of the uh, of the um where the fishing of the of of where the fishermen are. I'm just looking at one particular person of a fishing place in Ghana. That's where I'm from. Where this particular man, he's like an example of Peter. Boisterous. And then his words were flowery. With so many other bleep, 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 bleep stuff. But here he was. Here he was. He wouldn't hold back and said, Master. So he had a few things going on in his mind, but Jesus so he sees the heart. Jesus knows and Jesus knew that in Peter was something special that he could use Peter to do great things. And so does he see great things in you. So he said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. In effect, what he was saying was that, listen, you're a carpenter. I know about the lake. You don't. I have been to the lake. You haven't. And I'm telling you that what you are saying doesn't really make much sense. Because I know that if I want to catch fish, this is not the time to catch fish. Daylight, broad daylight. This is not the time to catch fish. But he said, you see, this is the way, this is where our lesson comes from. And caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. I will let down the nets. Amen. Amen. Number one, the important things when God, when God interrupts your life, when it's a, when you sense that is there is a divine interruptions, it's an invitation into a deeper walk, a deeper relationship with Him. Number two, when you are interrupted, it's an invitation for a deeper faith in Jesus Christ. See, sometimes we just don't trust God. That's the sad thing about Christians. 
It's a perennial cry, I'm sure, of the heavenly host that, do you really trust me, Christians? Do you really trust me, Seventh-day Adventists? Do you really trust me to take you through your pain? Do you really trust me to take you through your family crisis? Do you really trust me to take you through your financial crisis? Do you really trust me? That is the perennial call. We have toiled all night. I have done all I can can humanly do. And it hasn't worked. Nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. What you're saying doesn't make sense, but you know what? I will just go. Because you are saying so. You know, sometimes God takes you places where really doesn't really make sense to you or you are sometimes in a position where it really doesn't make sense to you because why am i in this spot why am i at this particular place sometimes it's our own doing but sometimes we just don't understand why we have been swept by the currents of life and we find ourselves in a corner where we seem to be drifting But the divine interruption is an invitation to a deeper walk with him. Divine interruption is is an invitation into a deeper faith with him. And so he says, nevertheless, I will allow you. You see, here Peter's pride was bruised. You see, he was saying that, you know, I know what this is about. I have toiled and nothing has been caught. So, you know, he saw himself, you know, I'm a failure. I failed. What do you think that you will do better than me? I'm a fisherman. You are a carpenter ten preacher. But in faith, faith, nevertheless, at your word. Faith in exercise. Faith is when we exercise. Master, we have worked all night and caught nothing. But at your word. But at your word. Sister White tells us in Desire of Ages, page 246, that this is typical of the futility of the human efforts without divine unction. Night, the night was only favorable time for fishing with nets in the clear waters of the lake. After toil all night without success, Sister Wise says, it seemed hopeless to cast the net by day. But Jesus had given the command. And the love for their master moved the disciples to obey. Obedience. Faith in God. Trust in God. And so... Divine interruptions. So what is so what, Pastor? After all this, Simon Peter said unto him that nevertheless at your word, and when they had gone, when he followed him, when he followed him, when they had gone, they caught a great number of fish and their nets was breaking. So they, they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. So they came and filled both the boats so that they were even began to uh, to sink when simon peter saw it he fell down at his knees saying depart from me for i am a sinful man O lord you see 
Here they were. Jesus allowed them to go through this. And when they went through this, even the friends around, they had a little glimpse of the testimony of true faith in Jesus Christ. You see, when God interrupts our lives and the people around us see that, listen, this doesn't make sense, but when we in faith step in to God's arena, God changes things and we become a testament. We become a testimony to the people around us. The people around them saw what was happening, that it was not of themselves, that there was a divine interruption, there was a divine hand in what was going on. And the Bible says that when Peter saw it, see sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't see that God is at work. But when Peter saw it, he just went down and he said, depart from me because he knows that he's a sinful man. I'm sure that he must have used a few colored words at that time, you know, colored words at that time. Bleep, 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 bleep. But, you know, in spite of his foibles, Jesus loved him. And so here he was. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And so they forsook their boats to land. And they forsook all and followed him. Divine interruptions is an invitation to refocus on what is important. God is calling us. Our reason for being is to serve humankind. Our reason for being is to be a testament. Our reason for being is to proclaim the wonderful good news that God has called us. So he called us from darkness into his marvelous light. So that all the world will know that we are children of the king. And so when pain comes your way, so when apparent failure comes your way, don't see it as a failure. Rather, see it as a divine interruption. God interrupting you into a deeper relationship with him, into deeper faith in him, into refocusing our minds into what God wants us to be. His children. May the Lord be with us. There's a story told about this little girl. This little girl was lost on a farm. And when she was lost, they were looking for her. She couldn't find, they couldn't find her. She prayed. This little girl prayed. Said, I was taught to pray. And she prayed. And when the farmer found her there, eventually, she jumped into the farmer's arms and she said, Oh, I'm glad you I knew you would come. I knew you would come. And the, the farmer was a bit puzzled. He said, Why well, how did you know that I will come? He said, Well, I prayed. He said, What was that prayer? I said, Well, I don't know much. Little girl, you don't know. What can you pray about? So I don't know much, but I know my ABCDs. So I pray the ABCDs.
and God will God put it all together into words. And that's why I knew that you will come. The faith of a little child. All she had to do was just pray the ABCDs. You don't have to have flowery words. But when you are caught in the waves of this difficult life, understand that it could be a divine interruption. He wants a deeper walk with you. He wants deeper faith in him. And he wants you to refocus your mind on what is important. In our work as in a conference, we are talking about discipleship. Being true disciples in God's church. He has called us to be followers of him. If we are disciples, he is calling us. He has called us from darkness into his marvelous light so that we may proclaim the praise of him. He has called you. He has called me. My prayer is that you will allow him to be the center of all you do, the center of your joy, that you will allow him to lead you into paths of righteousness, that you will allow him that even when you are interrupted by an apparent wave of life that may seem to be taking you away, that you will remember that he is God all by himself. He calls you into a deeper walk, a deeper faith, and to refocus on him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. May his name be praised. Amen.